boys. Let's get this started. All right. Awesome. Hello to everyone listening in. This is the Do Jiu-Jitsu podcast where we talk to great individuals from all sorts of backgrounds that have one thing in common. They do jiu-jitsu. My name is Jay and I'm your host. And today is podcast number nine. We have my good friends and training partners, Tan Mei and Ramish. We all train at Gracie Ba Surrey, and we're also all white belts. So we're probably going to call this episode three white belts, something like that. Uh, we'll have, um, so we'll have a fun uh, conversation. We have a more of a beginner's perspective on the sport. Yeah. So we're about to have a lot of uh, fun in this podcast. Thanks for coming in, Ramish and Tan Mei. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It'll be fun. Awesome. You, you boys excited? Oh, for sure. Yeah. A little nervous, yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, so I guess one of you guys can start. Like, tell me about like your Brazilian jiu-jitsu story. How did how did you guys get started? I want you go ahead. You go. Yeah. Yeah. What's your Brazilian jiu-jitsu story? How'd you get started, brother? All right. Um, yeah. So I saw an Instagram ad, but before that, I was just kind of as I, I think I told you before as well. I was having like a um like a low phase of my life. Mm. Um something something happened and for a week i was like i i couldn't focus on work i couldn't focus on anything um and then i have this habit of you know making efforts to get out of a situation if to get out of a stressful situation and i yeah. saw a jujitsu ad like a gracie baha sorry advertisement on instagram uh-huh. so i'm like okay i need to uh distract like find something new um, and then I clicked on the ad and I had no idea what jiu-jitsu was. Like I, I, before that, I, I didn't even knew that jiu-jitsu existed. Mm. Um, and I had no idea about, yeah, Gracie Baha. And then, yeah. And then I just, and I went for a trial class and I loved mm. my first class. I'm like, this is, this is something amazing. I think I should give it a try, learn mm. more. I just sort of, the first day was fantastic. I was getting beaten up and everything <laughs> happening but i was like yeah i want to give it a try and yes then i it, it all got started and then it's been i think four months for me uh-huh. and i have i attend like i think at least three classes a day yeah three classes a day Jesus, oh three man. classes a week three classes oh. <laughs> a week. sorry yeah three classes a week <laughs> yeah um, and then yeah i've done like sometimes four times a week as well uh-huh. but i just love it it's not like i'm doing it out of pressure yeah. um yeah, just loving it. What well, What do you think attracted you the most, like in your first class? Mm-hmm. I think it's just uh, uh, it's sort of me getting in a stressful situation and then also learning how to get out of it. Like uh. Uh, I've learned that there's there's a move to get out of every like every stressful situation in, in like when you're on a mat. Like if someone mm. giving choke, there is a move that you can come out of the choke and so I'm like it's, it's not something like um, if I'm in a situation where I'm getting let's say a, a choke or something I'm like I, I cannot do it like kind of like taught me uh, mm. like made me realize that there are moves that you can use to get out of a stressful situation in jiu-jitsu and in life I think that kind of like that thing I loved the most mm-hmm. yeah definitely dude definitely yeah, it's just a problem solving for me too that like really, really makes it. It's like, oh, I'm like, I've been stuck in this like position. People keep on putting me in this position for like yeah. weeks on end. Like, what should I do type of thing? Yeah. Ramesh, like we started about the same time, brother. Like, I uh, think but, so. Yeah, but tell me about like, um, like how did you even like, you know, how did you start then? It's a yeah. good question. So I've been thinking about this. I think it all started when I, um, I listened to a podcast. So I listened uh-huh. to like this couple guys on the couple guys podcast, and there was this John Danaher was on Lex Friedman's podcast. Uh-huh. And he did like he did the Joe Rogan, he did the whole like the whole circuit, and uh-huh. I really liked the way John Danaher talked. Like he's so quiet, he's uh-huh. so like his, he's very eloquent with his words. I was like, if yeah. this guy does jujitsu and, and like he's also like this, you know, it's something I gotta try. I, uh-huh. It was just his personality that got me started. I was like, it was coming after the whole COVID ending. And I was like, gotta do something. Got, I got nothing else to do. So mm-hmm. I started looking at gyms nearby and this was the only gym, Surrey, the, the Surrey gym that picked up my phone call. Uh-huh. So they picked up your phone call? Really? They picked up my phone call and, or my email. I forget which one it was. 
Yeah. And they replied back to me and I was like, all right. And I booked the trial class and I was there. And then after that first class, I was hooked. Yeah. I've been coming ever since. Yeah. Who, did you, who started first? Did you or me start first? I just saw you in a class and I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know the first day I went. If you know the first day you went, we'll yeah. know. Uh, I, I started like the first week of June. So. Yeah. Yeah. The first week of June. Yeah. That was around the time I started as well. Yeah. But yeah. So in what ways, uh, what like, um, so you, you said um, in the podcast with Joe Rogan and like Lex Friedman, when they were interviewing uh, John Dana here, he was like, so like calm and like peaceful and man, this guy's like, yeah, exactly what you said. Like very eloquent with his words, man. Now that you've done jujitsu for a little while, why do you think that is? I see why. He probably just got off the mats. He probably did some training right before he did that podcast. Uh-huh. And that explains his state of mind where he's so like, or maybe just like that. He seems like that type of guy, but it, it gives you that calmness, you know, that like, I just did something really hard and it's all, there aren't a lot of things that will be as hard after that. Mm-hmm. So you just can't get as riled up about other things mm-hmm. when, when you've just done something so difficult. Yeah, you were mentioning to me uh, uh, this other day, and I think you too, Tammy, but like it just brings a peacefulness to uh, to your personality. It's like it's hard to get you angry anymore, hey? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's because you're tired, too tired mm-hmm. to do anything, or, mm-hmm. or maybe there, there's something, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I, I don't know the like why is that happening, but it is happening, that's, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like bringing some kind of peace very mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah that happened to me too because uh before jujitsu i think i was a lot more anxious like even i even had a more aggressive tone to my voice i think and i was very like irritable i don't know yeah and then mm-hmm. um i think it really helped like calm down my uh senses and really just you know like help me chill out <laughs> you, do you think you'd stay like this even if you like say you had to stop doing jiu-jitsu for whatever reason you think this is like something that you're stuck with forever or something that you continue mm-hmm. to refresh well jiu-jitsu is a um way to really take out the stress in the mind right like mm-hmm. um especially as like as men you have like that built up like aggressiveness like naturally like within you mm-hmm. right that is you know that you need to put out here and there so jujitsu is a great way to do that. And, um, you know, you can uh, put out all that energy, all that like aggressive uh, energy um, out there. And then it almost tames the beast within you in a sense. Don't you think? A little bit. Yeah. 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 Also yeah. kind of gives you the, the confidence. Like it, I think it's not just jujitsu. If you, if you, if you're doing something that you love, it kind of gives you that confidence. And when you, once you have that confidence, you, you kind of like feel relaxed because I have the confidence that I, not today, not tomorrow, maybe not like after, like three months from now, but one day I'll, I'll be able to like get out of difficult situations. So uh-huh. I'm like building up that confidence every day. Every time I go to the mat and yeah. when I come back home, I have like one level up of confidence. You know? uh-huh. Oh yeah, 100%. The confidence. It's like yeah. when you're talking to someone, you don't have to be worried about anything. Like, you're uh-huh, fine. Uh-huh. There's nothing they yeah. can do to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. At the same time, though, it, you have that sense of humility, right? Like, you will never start a fight. No. For, yeah, never. You'll, you'll, you'll never start a fight. And I mean, it, I, I would uh, never naturally start a fight, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not that type of guy, but... Yeah, but now you'll never start a fight because you don't know who knows jiu-jitsu, man. Like, <laughs> some, of the, some of the goofiest characters that I know, like, have the sickest game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, these guys so, you would not expect. Yeah, man. Um, I was like, uh, I was talking to Professor Luda one day, and he was like, "Yeah, like you know, I'm the guy who's just like you know wearing my Crocs, my fanny pack, things like that. You would never expect, uh, you know, you would never expect him to have a black belt." Mm-hmm. Oh right? yeah, yeah. On so, the streets, if you saw Professor Luda, you'd be like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's some hipster. What's yeah. he gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly until you know until he puts his weight Wait, on you. Is Professor oh, Louis yeah. part of Gracie Baha Sari or Vancouver? He's in uh, Cloverdale. He's in Cloverdale. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. He's in Cloverdale. So, um, what do you think was the um, 
was the point where you're like, okay, like I'm committing to our Brazilian, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu because here's a crazy stat. 90% of white belts don't make it their first like couple months. Right? Oh, what? so um, yeah, 90% of white belts don't make it their first couple months and uh, they quit like way before they even get their uh, blue belt. So why do you guys think that is? Like and what made, yeah, and what made you commit? Like what there, there's something different, right? That you guys have, have found. What made you commit? And what's the difference? What made you commit? I find that like that stat is like really weird to me because after I did my first class, I was like, why isn't everybody doing this? Like, like yeah. I found something that I wanted, right? It's like I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I brought a couple friends, and I can see how for some people, like it's not their thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be whatever reason, you know, that they don't like it, they're scared, whatever it is, which explains to me why it's true because I brought a couple friends and only a, like, they haven't really stayed as long as I have. Mm-hmm. And it explains how 90% of people drop out. And I guess it's that s- subset of folk that really get hooked like I did, like Tanmay did, like you did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I find that stat to be like weird. I, I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right. You you see it with the, you know, there's always newcomers, um, you know, coming in and then uh, they're, they're there for a week and then they're gone. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's something, um, you know, in within that process of the first couple of weeks, first couple of months that makes us stay. And um, I was talking to uh, Professor, I, his name's, his nickname's Professor Higante. He's like six foot seven like um Jeez. he's he's like a black belt like three, third degree uh black belt crazy yeah. like crazy guy so uh yeah you'd, you'd never want to get into uh, any sort of fight with this guy so uh we were talking about it and it seems that some of the more athletic people coming in that have like crazy potential to do jujitsu a lot of them actually don't stay and one of the reasons there um we were talking about it was might it might be a bigger hidden ego right mm-hmm. like they're they're so good in other sports that they're doing that for them to get choked out in their first like you know first week doing jujitsu is is a huge loss for them and uh, you know they're coming in there with all you know like the um, with the expectation that yeah this is not you know like I, you know i'm i'm athletic i'm big you know i'll i'll muscle my my way out of here yeah right? uh-huh so yeah, that was I, one I, of the mm-hmm. I can see, like, you know, you come in and you, you think you're strong and then you go to the gym and then ball, you just can't squeeze ball. Like, it doesn't matter, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? It doesn't matter how you squeeze him. He'll somehow squeeze out and he'll be on your back and then you go to sleep. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. I can yeah. see why people wouldn't like that. It's like, especially on your first day when you don't know enough yeah. to be able to do anything, where you just, I can't hold this guy down. I don't want to do this anymore. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And because those, uh, you know, more athletic uh, people are so used to, um, like, in a sense, winning. And being very, very good at the sports that uh, they do, jujitsu mm-hmm. is a totally different game. And yeah. for me, what was different was that in my first week, I will, I, I came in there to, um, I, I, I did have the mindset to learn. I was like, okay, I'm gonna learn how to do this thing. And when I, you know, was able to accomplish this one move, and Professor Yang was like, yeah, you did great. I was like, oh, that's a win, you know. Yeah. So um, I was like, okay, like positive reinforcement. This is great. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah do you do you think it's like hard at all with the number of like terminology and stuff you have to learn the number of different guards like does it turn new people off like when i first joined i had watched a whole bunch of youtube videos so i knew like you know like half guard mm-hmm. like close guard a couple of standing i knew some of the japanese terms so when i came uh-huh. in i wasn't just shocked but some of the mm-hmm. people they might not do so much research and they come in they're just blown away by how much stuff there is yeah that, turn people that, was, off? that was me right uh-huh. yeah that was me too that was me too um I, yeah. I, still, I still i still get on kind of like gets i still kind of get nervous when i'm like oh they are using terms like i don't know i don't even i don't even how to say those terms like these this kind of choke and that kind of choke i'm so i'm trying to like focus on how to do it and then later on i'll, I'll learn the name mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's a steeper learning curve to it definitely I guess you know, like that's why a black a black belt in jujitsu takes about ten years to, you know, for you to achieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you guys also thinking about like, getting it, like making money out of this, like, like making a career out of out of jujitsu? 
not let's not say money. Mm-hmm. Are you guys thinking that way? I don't think so. I, yeah, to I, compete, I, I do it for fun. Yeah, me too. I do. I do it for fun. Yeah. I think um, a lot of my beliefs have to be broken first before I start thinking that I can compete at this like yeah. highest level. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some killers out there, man. I see them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. So, uh, what was uh, what was uh, the toughest part uh, of starting something new? What do you guys think? Um, <laughs> I think I think like accepting that I, <laughs> yeah, kind of like the ego thing that you said, um, and then like uh, accepting that I, I'm like I'm I'm nothing. I'm not just uh-huh. I'm not I'm a white belt. Also, that I I don't have a like. It's not that I'll be I'll win every time, and as a white belt, I'll be losing ninety nine percent of the time. So just kind of like accepting that, and then accepting that I all I have to do is like suck the learning out of it. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I thought like uh, I thought it'll be like uh, uh, one week after the game, I'll be like uh, you know uh, I'll be able to do this and that, and then after a week, no, I have to like calm down. Mm-hmm. I'll be losing ninety nine percent of the time for sure, maybe ninety nine point nine. But yeah, accept yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Because um, whenever I figure out, like, let's say, uh, you know, a move, and uh, I keep doing it, I keep repeating it um, in the gym. People catch on, man. People catch on. They're like, "Oh, this person likes to uh, take, uh, you know, like um, do a takedown, get on side control, and." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it'll work for like two days and then people mm-hmm. catch it and, you know, people, um, you know, catches on to your, um, to your new thing and they mm-hmm. right away, you know, like they solve that puzzle that you're throwing them. Yeah. Especially if you do the thing you just learned that day, everyone's oh, yeah. looking out for it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. What do you think was the toughest part for you, Ramesh? Uh, I think the toughest part, like I find it funny how people always mention like their ego. Uh-huh. And like I, I don't know, I have a problem with that. I, I don't know, maybe because I, I was listening to the podcast you had with Professor Lou, uh-huh. and he mentioned that people have a hard time tapping, right? Like uh-huh. it, they quit yeah. because of that. And I've never had that problem. Like I think the hardest part for me was just actually like looking around for gyms and calling. Like I was uh-huh. always like, I'll do that like you know next week or tomorrow. I don't want to do it today. I got other stuff to do today. But yeah. ever since I've done that, that was probably the hardest part for me. Like I probably waited way too long. I should have uh-huh. waited for. It. Like I had this thought of doing something, right? Maybe like kickboxing or something way before. But it was always like I just kept pushing it. Uh-huh. I think that was the hardest for me. It sounds like you had the d- determination like all the way through, like even when you started. What was that? What was that push that you got? Was it the podcast? What was it? I think it was the podcast because I'd always been scared. Like I, don't, I didn't want to do like boxing because of the head, like the head trauma that you get. Yeah. So I was very hesitant until I saw John Danner talking. And like how it wasn't like the way he explained it, it didn't seem like you got punched, you didn't get hit as much. It seemed a lot safer to me in that terms. So th- mm-hmm. that's when I started looking around. Like this is what I'm gonna do. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Man, there is such a steep learning curve, though. And yeah, when me and Professor Lou were talking about ego, the ones that uh, don't advance from yeah white belt to um to white belt to uh, blue belt. Yeah, it's just really managing your expectations of how it's going to be uh, <laughs> on that night. I yeah. also I also was uh, speaking to uh, another uh, professor, his name is Professor Doyle, and he was explaining to me uh, the differences between uh, all the belt stages. And um, he actually mentioned something very, um, very similar to what kind of what you're saying. You don't have to... Because the thing out there is like, you know, you need to destroy your ego in order for you to, you know, train uh, jujitsu, but you can't really destroy your ego, right? It's, it's, a, it's a part of you. It's more of, you need to have peace with it, right? Mm-hmm. You need to have, um, you need to acknowledge the thing that it's telling you and transmute that into a different energy where you can use it as energy to train. Right? Exactly. Uh-huh. And uh, that's one of the biggest, um, he said, biggest um, stages, the biggest stages from blue belt to purple belt is just figuring that out, 
So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not there yet. <laughs> soon, soon. Yeah, soon, soon. When, when did you guys uh, part, like, after how many months uh, did you guys started, like, participating in competitions? Oh, that's a good question. That was tough for us because when we started, they weren't doing any competitions. Yeah. Oh, at the beginning, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I think the first one that came yeah. up, we, we both went, right? Yeah, yeah, we both yeah. went. Yeah, so we had to wait like, uh, we had to wait six months, I think. Yeah. Oh. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, for our first competition. That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun, though. A mm-hmm. lot of fun. It was, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Did you do the competition in, because um, the first competition I did was the one at White Rock. I think there might have been one before that. Was it a Gracie Baja competition or like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was. Uh-huh. Do, yeah. Do you think um like they always talk about like you know how you gotta keep your ego in check? Uh-huh. Do you think that makes you like your ego makes you a better competitor? Like you wanna win? Oh yeah. So there's actually this book called uh, Relentless uh and winning. It's uh by a author named uh, Tim Grover. Do you guys know, know who he is? No. So he's the trainer for uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And he's, uh, he's trained like elite athletes. And he talks about winning. And he talks about the uh, ego. And yes, you need to be able to have peace, uh, have peace with it. And he calls it, he calls it the dark side. <laughs> so that's what he calls it. He calls it the dark side. And um how you are able to use it is that, you know, you can think like, for example, Michael, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's um, Netflix uh, series, like the last dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was mentioning, uh, they were mentioning how Michael Jordan would make up shit about like, you know, what other people would say about him. Right. Oh, to feel like, him. yeah. Yeah. It's so that it can fuel him. Right. Oh, so, wow. you know, in, so Michael Jordan was that type of a uh, competitor. It was so funny because uh, they interviewed the people uh, that Michael Jordan was like, yeah, this person's talking shit about me. They interviewed the people and they were like, I didn't I have said that about anybody. <laughs> right. And then Michael Jordan was like, yeah, I just made that up, you know, and um, he makes it up to really like fuel to really fuel him to get that fire to pump him up. So how um, Tim Grover was explaining in his book was that you need to tap into that dark side. So remember all the times, you know, that people said no to you all the times that people disappointed you, you know, all the times people said that you're not enough, mm-hmm. you know, or all the times that people just, you know, just gave you, just gave you absolute like shit. Right. And, you know, all the losses that you've uh, had, think of all of those things right now and then transmute that into energy mm-hmm. for you to compete to, to, uh, you know, to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to fucking show these people. Like I'm going to, I'm going to show these people what I'm made out of. But at the same time, I don't really care about their opinion. So is that is that little balance there uh, with yeah. your dark side? And he talks about it a little bit further. He calls it the darker side, where now you're able to really use that energy that you're like staring up because you don't. What's cool about it is that like you don't even know where it's coming from. Like I don't know where if you think about those things, it pumps you up. Like where the hell is that energy even coming from? You know, you could be super tired and you can pump yourself up with mm-hmm. just those thoughts. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. A very yeah. um, it's an it's a very amazing resource. So yeah, highly recommend that book. I I, I think <laughs> I was kind of in a similar situation when I started jujitsu. That I you know uh, things like I was all all I was thinking about, like when someone said things to me about that I cannot do it and X Y Z kind of like the similar stuff. And mm-hmm. that was the reason why I wanted to do, uh, like wanted to do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Or like a sport, like a sport like jiu-jitsu was that someone had said to me, you know, not enough and X and Y things, that thing. So I'm like, yeah. So when I'm like, kind of like tired, all I'm thinking about is this had happened with me. I need to push, need to, you know, do stuff. So yeah, that's, that's so true. That's, that's true. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But Ramesh, how was your, how was your first competition, man? Oh man! Listen to this. Yes, <laughs> that was tough. It was nice because even the it's a white belt competition, right? So the people aren't, you know, they're also starting out. They can't ah, have been so in there too long. What but, tribe were you on, though? 
think I was a one stripe. Okay. Yeah, I think I was a one yeah. stripe. And I remember this is really like, you know, it's competition. You face these guys. You find out what happens when you face like intimidation. Because one of the guys that I fought, he was this like gigantic tall guy. <laughs> I call him the tall guy. He's yeah, so I tall. And I remember. He's good. Yeah. Right. And because I, I fought him later, like again at a later tournament. And, you know, the first time I fought him, I was like, I was kind of scared of him because he's so tall. It's like, how do you take such a big guy down? Uh-huh. Right. And the match that I had with him ended like, I don't know, 30 seconds. He got me in a triangle and uh-huh. it was over. And yeah, in the moment, I don't, it felt like forever to me. But then I watched the video back and it's like, you know, 20, 30 seconds. And I'm mm-hmm. in the triangle for like even less. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so you find out like your nerves, like they're real. Like, you know, you yeah. want to think you're that guy who can, in the moment, you'll be able to ignore them and remain calm. But like, uh-huh. you're not, you know, you, everything just goes away and you get lost if you haven't like been in that situation often yeah you're you're just lost oh yeah yeah man the weight because my my match got uh kept getting pushed back as well Mm -hmm. so like i'm just like there like just sitting just like waiting you know what stripe were you on justin i think i was my on my first stripe as well oh okay yeah I think that was Ramesh. I think that's well. I think we had a conversation about it. We were like, "Yeah, first stripe, let's do it. Whatever." Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, man, my forearms were blasted, bro. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. Like, like my forearms were just done. Like it's different. It's so different to simulate actual competition versus rolling in the gym, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's very very hard to simulate it. Because, yeah, exactly, Ramesh, what you said, man, the nerves are just intense. And it's a white belt competition, right? So um, it you, you, you know for a fact that those people are going to go all out, right? Because there's no technique, nothing, just brute strength. Yeah, it's all um, just benching each other. Yeah. Like, there's no frame. You lose all concept of frames right away, right? Yeah. Every, you just, if I get a grip, I'm just going to hold it forever. And that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Right. Because you're just wearing out your hands the whole time. And right. you learn that after the first time. It's like you got to calm down. Right. Even when you're uh-huh. rolling at the gym, it's easier in the gym because, you know, you can, when you get in a bad position, you can just be like, uh, you know, good job. You know, you can talk a little bit. But in the tournament, you have to do the same thing or to remind yourself, you got to calm down. You know, there's no point in just grabbing and holding a lapel when he's has his side control. It's not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm holding it with a death grip, but there's no point. Like that doesn't help you. You need to get your frames in. And if yeah. you don't practice that, if you don't, like have anybody yelling that, I guess that helps at you, right? You just get stuck holding a grip and he's just going further and further on you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, man. Yeah, I had I had that death grip with a couple of my matches. It worked, it worked for my first two matches because um I think uh they I think I was just lucky. I just used all, all of my strength in my first two matches in that competition. I had four matches that day. And so I drained all of my energy in the first one. So oh. yeah. Um and then the second one, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I got lucky and I took this guy down and then I got on top of him. And because we're both white belts, we really don't know what's happening. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna stay up here. I'm gonna stay on ma- I'm gonna stay on mount and I'm gonna like make it make it seem like I'm doing things so the referee doesn't call me out. Oh. And then um, and then the third match that I had was a more experienced white belt. And yeah, that I. You know, like I was, I was drained and I also didn't have the technical knowledge that this guy had, which is by the way, man, the difference between somebody who's been in jujitsu for a week versus somebody who's been in jujitsu for six months, six months is immense. Like the knowledge that they know is so like, it's, there's such a gap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can make up a little bit of it just by being athletic. Like if you're just strong and fast, it'll help you, especially at white belt level where there's no technique and you can just, you know, get around people really fast. Yeah. Whereas, as you get like blue belt and up, like you have to use technique, you know, you're not going to pass, by just walking mm-hmm. around someone's guard. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. Like the first, um, the first um, time that I rolled with a, a white belt uh, and this was, I think four months in, that was a very new white belt. And I was rolling with like ease. I was like, no way. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, I swear I don't, you know, I swear this person's just going easy on me. And then like, uh, he was like, man, like, uh, you know so much. 
I was like, dude, I don't know anything. <laughs> right. So it's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty crazy. Like the amount of knowledge you're going to be learning in just the first couple of months of sticking around. Do you think it kind of gives the other person an edge if they are, if they have a, like a, let's say a wrestling background. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even if they're like white belt for stripe or like, yeah. Yeah. But if you yeah. wrestled in like high school, that's mm-hmm. going to give you a huge bonus. Cause mm-hmm. if you wrestled against someone who hasn't wrestled, you're basically guaranteed the takedown. That's two points right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you wrestled, yeah. you know how to use your weight. That means if you're on top, you know how to pressure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's an advantage to knowing that, but once you're on the ground though, right. And you're a four strike white belt and now uh, you're going up against a wrestler. You're like, you'll, you'll, you'll have the advantage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One, one more question. Would that, what if like, if, what if you're told in advance, like just like, like in advance that your opponent, uh, it was a, like a wrestler. Would that, would that affect you? Like let's even like, like, like even if you're like three stripe and he just won, but just like someone tells you, I like just before the match that he's he was a wrestler with that that affects sh- you. It shouldn't, uh-huh. but obviously it does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Because you should go in with every match with the mindset that you're gonna do what you want to do. Right. You want to impose your game on them. Mm-hmm. If if because wh- that's whoever wins, right? Whoever manages to do that. And. Mm-hmm. If someone tells you that they're a wrestler, that shouldn't change. Like, like you obviously prefer one, either top or bottom. And just because they're a wrestler doesn't mean you should, you know, choose. Maybe you don't like playing guard. You, you're not going to sit the guard just because they're a wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. You still want to fight them a little bit. Even if they're a wrestler, yeah. you might, you know, they might trip up. Mats are sweaty. You know, they might yeah. trip, right? Yeah. It depends on how you feel, man. It depends on how you feel in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, like, okay, this guy's a wrestler. How good of a wrestler is he, really? Like you'll, um, uh, you'll have a, um, yeah, it'll, it'll play with your mind definitely until you know up until you start the match. Once you start yeah. the match, it's like you know nobody. It's like yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna do like what I want to do. Um, yeah. If he like if he you told me like he was a wrestler, like I would probably like I I like the takedown game. I probably like feel out his takedown game for a little bit, and then if I feel that his takedown game is better than mine, I'm gonna pull hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. It's it's the mind. Like mind's kind of like plays a big big role. I've like I've seen that with like with same level of energy. Like 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 day one. If I compare day one and day two, I'm like everything was same, but just on the second day, I was having like good and positive and aggressive thoughts. So I was able to do little well. Mm-hmm. Um. And versus like if I compare the same everything same it just the just the thoughts or like your attitude kind of like changes everything with jujitsu mm. and with like anything that you do in life. Yeah, I think so. Especially like some days, like you come to the gym and you know you'll feel like like you'll feel like you're ready to go. Some days yeah. you'll feel a bit tired, you know. And yeah, it affects the way you roll. Yeah, although everything's yeah. the same. Yeah, right. Your life is the same, but mm-hmm. some days you just feel different. Maybe you didn't eat as much or you're a little tired. I don't know what it is. Yeah. 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 Man, just getting there is like the biggest battle, right? Really. Yeah. It's just getting there. And once like once you're there, like everything's a lot uh, a lot yeah. easier. So you always feel better afterwards. Oh yeah. No matter how you feel going in, at the end when you're leaving, you always feel better. Man, so it's like I just ne- knowing that. I- I never regret like going, you know, even, even like the times where I like screw up my leg or like, um, or like something's hurting. I'm like, Oh, this, that was fun. That was great. I yeah. do it again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny how our minds are always trying to bring us to comfort. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's like, Oh, should I, you know, should I sit down tonight or should I go uh-huh. to class? Right. Should yeah. I watch kind of like, a movie or should I go to class? Should I eat yeah. something? Yeah. Should I go to class. Yeah. Yeah. Also, kind of you, uh, like kind of like make excuses. Say, so like, uh, chat, like challenge yourself. Like, for example, my rib was injured, and like, okay, now I was thinking I have a valid reason to skip a class. My rib is injured, but um, ah. and I'm like, no, I think maybe I will not like spar, but I think I can do the training. Uh, yeah. As a yeah. Part of the class. 
And then I went there and I also sparred. <laughs> and <it> both. <laughs> man, there's an excuse I have all the time too. I'm like, oh man, like my my leg hurts. And I told Professor Yang that. I was like, Professor Yang, I'm not, go- I'm not coming tonight because uh, my leg hurts. And he's like, so? Come, come, come do techniques. And I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, so that's, that's a good mindset though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good mindset. So how has your guys' um, obviously, wait, is this your guys' first jujitsu gym? So you guys haven't gone to uh, other jujitsu gyms, right? Okay. Only so, other Gracie Bajas. Yeah, so you won't, you won't be able to compare really the culture of um, our gym to like a different organization. But the culture that we have in our gym though is like awesome. That's something that's that like, yeah, that's something that I can uh, like easily, easily say. Like everybody's there, like so supportive, and it's weird because um my I used to think oh just because people know how to do martial arts they're gonna be a little bit more cocky they're gonna be a little bit more arrogant, but not really. They're like the nicest people that I've ever met, you know. I mean, there's definitely some of them that are you know. Yeah. But you find out you'll find out very quickly who those guys are, who the guys whoever whoever those people are, and you, yeah. you can choose not to roll with them. You can stay, you know. You can choose yeah. not to interact with them. But like 99% of the people that you'll meet, they're like, yeah. they just want to help you, right? They yeah. want to beat you up, but also to help you. Like, you know, they'll never hurt you. Like, they don't want to hurt you, right? Yeah. And, yeah, like... Definitely. Yeah. I think uh, the culture in our gym just really promotes that, though. It just really promotes, um, you know, like, everyone helping each other out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, things like that. Usually the people who are not down for that sort of culture, uh, we, you know, they weed themselves out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a gym, but there is a gym for everybody though. Definitely, there's some no competition doubt. gyms out there that are just the like hardcore tough. gym. Yeah, they yeah. just smash yeah. each other all day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I was I was telling one of my friends, and I think I said something like, oh, "I think I was just lucky that I that I like found uh, that I that I'm able to train at Gracie Baja." Sorry, because I don't know, man. Everybody's like, I don't know what they're doing different, but everybody's like, everybody's so good. And then everybody's also nice. Uh, they, they're winning the competitions, but when they come to the mask, when they roll, they're like also teaching, also like kind of helping you. So mm-hmm. I think I said something like, because I've attended like two competitions, I think. Mm-hmm. Both of them, Gracie Basari, I think, nailed. Mm-hmm. Bringing goals, winning, bringing medals. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. gives you, uh, like, so you feel proud. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, this one. Our professors are pretty good, though. So yeah, it's also nice because we also get to like we can go to like the White Rock location. You can go to Cloverdale. You yeah. can see some new guys. And I, I remember Kenny mentioned there's like um there's this open mat that some gym would do. I haven't had the chance to attend, but because I always want like, I don't know like I like to go out and like roll with new people. Like I, I've gone to Seattle. I've, yeah. I've gone to the Gracie Baja there. And it's like you just meet like brand oh. new people, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's yeah. no re- like it's not really no reason, but you don't have to go do that, but it's nice. Yeah. You, know, you should, you should yeah. go check out other gyms. Yeah. Like it, it's pretty cool because like once like a person knows you do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you're like, oh, cool. We're instantly like buddies. Like we can talk about mm-hmm. something. We have something in common. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, this whole, um, it's, it's a culture of its own, like all over the world. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it, what's it like uh, rolling with black belts? Can you guys describe it? it's a different animal they they somehow have a way of like letting you do whatever you want but at the same time not letting you do anything yeah Uh uh yeah (laughs) that's like right the perfect way to like say it that's right yeah they're like yeah yeah go ahead take note but you won't get anything from there you know Uh like they'll let you get they'll let you get further you'll get high mount you know you'll be going for the armbar they get right out you throw up the armbar, but you're a little bit sloppy on the technique. Your leg is a little loose. And they immediately take advantage of that to come up on top and they get out. Mm-hmm. Right? And it goes to show, like, I guess with time, you know, you learn those little little details how to get out of things, right? And I guess it also shows you that mm-hmm. if you don't hit, like, if someone gives you an armbar and you don't hit it, that means you're doing something wrong. You need to go back and figure out what that was and fix it. Right? Yeah. Like, if you hit an armbar on a black belt, then it just makes it 10 times easier on a white belt in tournament. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good way to test yourself. Definitely. It, it's hard, like, like, especially with what we know right now, it's like, it's hard to figure out those insights when you roll. 
mm-hmm. right? They really do see like three, four, five moves ahead. Yeah. Like they're able to notice um, even just like just some, like small things with your game and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dif- dif- different stuff, but I think also what's happening with me these days is that on like first day, like I knew nothing. And I was like, oh, these guys are like, you know, doing, uh, let's say, knee shield. And I'm like, how? like when I'm when I'm rolling, I I almost forget that I have to do like knee shield. But now it's like coming naturally. I don't have to think about it that I have to do mm-hmm. knee shield. And I, and, I, and I was just surprised. Oh, I don't know how, how, how I did that. Like, I never thought about it. It just, just it came like he was on, like on, like up on top of me. And then I just automatically just my, my knee was like, okay, I have an issue now. Yeah. So that kind of made me feel happy. I'm like, okay, now I'm not, not thinking about it. But I think the more I practice, like more natural stuff will come out of me. Yeah. And the higher belt knowledge comes when like they know you're going to put up that knee shield. They're like, oh yeah, this guy will put up this knee shield and they know counter to it right away. You know? Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think uh, is the um, most important things to learn as a new white belt? I don't think I can comment yet, but I'll, I'll listen to you guys. It's a, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. I know what John Danner would say, and that's escapes. Escapes? Uh-huh. See, that's what he thinks a good student is because you, you can't build it. What he says is you can't build a good offense until you have a sol- rock solid defense. Uh huh. And Whoa. I tend to agree because like, I liked his reasoning, which was like you'd never throw up an arm bar if you thought that because when you pass, like if you don't get an arm bar and they get out, they usually pass your guard, right? Yeah. And you would never throw up an arm bar if you don't think you'll get it because they'll pass your guard and then you got no escape from there. But if you can escape from anything, then you'll throw up arm bars all day because you know if they pass. If they get out and they pass, you'll just regard and you're back at it again. Uh huh. So, but like also, your escapes are the hardest part. I think they're harder than actual attacks. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So that's that was kind of like the conversation I had with Professor Doyle. Um, and it was when he was explaining the, the differences in belts. Yeah. White belt and white belt, he said, focus more on defense, just defense and like uh, just recognize like. The moves are coming in, uh, the moves coming at you. And then at blue belt, that's when you're creating a game for yourself. Like now you're like, okay, like this works for me. I like this, you know, I can finish people with this. And then purple belts where you tie things together. Like apparently you're a mini black belt is a, is purple belt. So, you know, as much as a black belt, but you just don't know how to technically um, you just don't know how to be as efficient as a black belt. Mm-hmm. So I guess you don't know as much as a black belt. I don't know. <laughs> I guess you know, like moves wise, positions wise, yeah. reactions wise, you know what to do, but it might not be as quick and as efficient Refined, as effective. Right? Exactly. As yeah. a black belt. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then like a brown belt is the time when you're refining your game. Like you're polishing up your, uh, the game that you're, that, that you have for yourself and then black belt is when the journey begins that's what he said yeah real journey yeah yeah when the real journey begins so yeah it's um it's crazy 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 long journey and um they also called it um, a couple times it's called it it's an infinite martial art okay yeah an infinite martial art because it's always the game's always evolving so things that used to work, you know, back in the 80s will not typically work now. You know, we have like a, we have like buggy chokes and things like that. Right. So it's. An, yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the things like especially like in other martial arts, like boxing and stuff. Yeah, I don't know oh. what's happening outside, but boxing, they've pretty much established all the stuff that you can do. Right. And uh-huh. it's more about just doing that really well. As opposed to jiu-jitsu where they're still like creating moves and adding new stuff to the game. Mm-hmm. Even stuff that already existed, but they're rediscovering it and it's doing yeah. really well, right? So yeah. it, there's just a lot of evolution left in jiu-jitsu, a lot of discovery. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I think it's the most popular uh, martial art right now. So it's, it's the growing as the most popular uh, martial art right now. And it's because sense. of that. It's just like there's so much to learn and there's so much that, yeah, discovering that is going to be... Uh, you know, happening. 
and people are just coming up with the weirdest things that work. It's crazy, man. But all the crazy stuff that they come up with, they have to show that it works. That's the beauty of it. Like you <laughs> yeah. can make up whatever you want, you know, but if you can't do it, then who cares? Right. If yeah. you can't go hit that in competition, no one cares. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Question for you, boys. Do you think anybody can start doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Oh, you go first, Ramesh. Yeah. I mean, anyone can start. Anyone can play soccer. But there's definitely some people that would do better at it. Like, <laughs> like the bigger you are, the, you're naturally going to be better, right? There's nothing you can... Like, a short person will do well, especially when the more they train. But if you just put a brand new tiny person against a big person you know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. so while anyone yeah. can start like anyone should start mm-hmm. but depending on your size you might have a harder time you know if you get someone who's really strong they're naturally going to be better at just you know pushing you off at the beginning because we all do we push each other off instead yeah. of creating frames right if you're strong you just push the guy like oh i'm really good at this and you get the really yeah. small person who's like ah, i can't push i can't do the technique and i can't push i can't do anything and you get stuck yeah but it doesn't mean that in six months later you won't be right. A year yeah. later you will be right. Yeah, unless that uh, unless that small guy is ball and the big guy is a new white belt. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no one's gonna no one's gonna be able to really squeeze ball. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. Man, I'm I'm, all, I'm always like trying to force like something um, on ball, and this guy always gets like deep half or something. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Tanmay? Uh. I think anyone can start, but I think those who have that that attitude, like that perseverance kind of thing, um, uh-huh. like people who can accept, um, who are coming up with like that ego is good, but who are coming to the mats with like toxic ego, that uh-huh. I'm, uh, you know, I don't think it'll be hard for those kind of people. And uh, yeah, if you if you if you like always wanted to be athletic, I think those are the those people can actually only those people can do it if if someone's um someone's doing it just to show off you know just yeah. to just like okay i'm gonna uh practice here for a week and like after one week i'll be fighting in downtown the streets of downtown i'll be killing people <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i don't think that'll work i don't think yeah. that would work yeah yeah it's, it is uh, an unorganized yet a very organized sport that's right yeah, the ego does play a big thing, especially in the very, very beginning. Uh, you know, like uh, the quote, like uh, as the quote says, right? Like ego is a horrible master, but it's a wonderful servant. Right? Yeah. You just need to know. You just need to know how to yield it. You need to know yeah. how to, you know, use it at times. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very difficult. I, have, I haven't met anyone who was like who like doing good jujitsu and who were like like toxic ego even at the competition uh the last one that we went to the component everybody like black bells blue everybody was like um shaking hands and talking about their game and listening to other people even like off the mat after the game before the game um like for example what happened with kenny uh and his opponent after the game i think and again even just after the match kenny was like i didn't intend to do this and then he was like super nice um Mm. Even though he kind of like broke the broke his arm, but I just yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. yeah, people are people want to teach you. That's uh, I think I'm just lucky that I'm around people who who want to teach me. Yeah, yeah. that was unfortunate, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it happens. Even in soccer, you know, you get kicked, you get hurt. You know, the ball yeah. hits you in the face. Like, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not man, gonna lie. After that fight, I was not. I had a hard time sleeping. Not gonna lie. I watched that video. <laughs> I think I watched that video. I think twenty-five or thirty times. I'm like, oh, and I was for a minute. I was having second thoughts, but I'm like, no, it's just super rare. I don't think it'll happen every day. Yeah. But yeah. Just that video, that moment, like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering, like, if I was in a situation, like, you can tell, like, when something's about to go bad, right? Yeah, you always wonder like, would you would you just let go and be like, all right, you know, I'm not gonna do it. If he's not tapping, I'll I'll find another way around. You know. Yeah, yeah, right. In the that's, moment, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, 
hard thing. Uh, yeah, especially when you're, uh, especially when you're in the moment. But man, I just, I would just tap. Like if I was the other guy, just 100%. tap. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I would tap. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I'll tap if you have me in something. I'll yeah. tap. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'd rather not sleep or break my any of my limbs. I'd yeah. rather tap. Because like yeah, the one thing, go ahead. I don't know. If, I don't know if his, his opponent gonna realize that he has reached that point, like the maximum point. And, uh-huh. and that thing happened like in seconds. With seconds, the arm was like this, yeah. and then the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the one yeah, thing man. I've noticed in like competition videos, like like you'll find on YouTube, where like if they get the armbar before before they even like have it all the way down, they'll already be tapping. Yeah. Right. Again, this is like, like the highest level competition, but they'll realize that if you got the armbar, you know, like I know what's gonna happen, and they'll tap. Yeah, yeah exactly. Unless you have a super like crazy arm, like armbar escape, you know, point that thumb down like real quick and like yeah. roll out of there. Yeah. Um, but usually, you- yeah, it's hard, man. It's like I, I'd, I'd rather just tap. Like if that's yeah. that's the cool thing about jujitsu too, right? Like what you said earlier, Amish. You know, like compared to other martial arts, but like, you'll get kicked in the head. You know, you'll get punched in the face and things like that. And then you'll need like a couple minutes or a couple days to like go back to another class. With jujitsu, you just tap and you're good to go again. Yeah. Do you, I, I'm just a big number. Do you guys think that like if you, if like someone has the armbar, like you give yourself two seconds or like five seconds if you're able to do the escape, good. Otherwise, just tap. Mm. Is that a good like like a good strategy or a good mindset that okay if I'm able to es- if I'm able to escape in the next three seconds four seconds then okay otherwise I'll just I I think those I mean, are too I many thoughts already yeah, yeah. like in the moment yeah but yeah it, you don't have that much time to think that much like yeah. either the moment they go for the armbar you already got to work your escape yeah or you're getting ready to tap like oh yeah, yeah. okay yeah I mean, it depends like, on if exactly it's like recognizing like am I gonna be in an armbar here in two seconds right. And then, like, if you, like, recognize that, like, you can point your thumb or something like that and then roll out of there. Um, but once you're caught with a good arm bar, I, I, I would tap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather train the next day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So what would your guys' be, uh, what would your guys' advice to someone who's thinking about doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? You know, they're, they're watching this podcast. They're like, yeah. You know, these guys look like, you know, they're, you know, they're doing jujitsu. Maybe I can do it. Well, what do you think? What's your advice? Um, I'd probably say just start because like, that's the biggest thing. Like it, you'll push it off, right? Like, oh, I got to get in better shape before I start or uh-huh. I got to get stronger or whatever. But, you know, just start, you know, do some research, watch some YouTube. There's a ton of free like resources that you can use. You can learn all the basic stuff that you need to, to go into your first class. That's what I did for going in. Like I knew yeah. all the basic positions, well, all of them probably, but I knew a ton of them before yeah. going in. And so when professor would be saying stuff I'd be like, Oh, I've, I've heard that. I've seen that before. I know what you're talking about. It just made it way easier. So if you want to do something, you know, do it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. What do you think that may? Um, I, I'm not sure because I'm uh, I don't know a lot of stuff yet. I'm I'm still learning, but I think joining Grassy Bar Surrey particularly helped me. So I would just say if you're around Surrey, you join this particular gym. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is just a basic advice, but yeah, um, yeah. I I'm learning as well a lot of stuff. But just uh, another thing is like don't be a, don't think too much. If you if you want to do it, just do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Don't let okay. your thoughts overcome, like overpower mm-hmm. you. Your negative thoughts overpower you. Yeah, definitely. When you feel that like initial fear, you know, like that's usually yeah. that's usually a signal for you to lean in. Yeah, right? it's like, that's um, what I did after Kenny Fison. It was kind of like a little fear, but I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna think about it. Is we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And then it's a new day. Let's go to the mats. Yeah. Yeah. What was um for both you guys? What was the most memorable moment so far since practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Good question. Yeah. I, I saw when you asked for Saludis, I was thinking, what would be mine? Yeah. And I don't know. I 
what I came up with is probably my first stripe. Mm-hmm. Just because it was probably the most surprising. Because before you get a stripe, you don't know what to expect. Right? Uh-huh. And then and then they're just like, oh, and here's your stripe. And you're like, whoa, what's Crazy. happening? Yeah. Right? I think that was yeah. probably mine. Um, and probably it would doubt it would be that and maybe a competition. Not even because you do well at a competition, but just because the feeling that you get in competition, it's so hard to get anywhere else. Just like uh-huh. maximum adrenaline flow. Like where else are you gonna get that? Yeah, yeah, man. I think same. I, th- I think same for me. It might it might actually be the first stripe or the competition. Mm-hmm. Just because after the competition, you're like, wow, like you know, like uh, you know, I didn't, you know, either you win or you lose. Like you went and like competed, and you saw how it felt, and now like you know, you can you can recall to that experience. Right. And be like, oh, the, I, I remember when I, you know, competed and I, I decided to uh, do this like hard thing. And then it kind of like, fuels you for uh, other things as well. What about you, Tanmay? Um, first tribe and when I was able to survive Baal's triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win, obviously, but I was, I was just happy that I was able to survive. Yeah. yeah. And all I, all, I, all I did was like my eyes up and then my use my head kind of like. Right, yeah. you learned yeah. like, like a good thing. It was just posture, right? Like that helps yeah. you so much. Yeah. But you don't realize that, like, if you just start out and you get in a triangle and you don't realize what do I even do? Like, first yeah. you don't even realize it's a bad place to be until you're like, oh my god, I'm like, not able to <laughs> think. Like my blood is leaving my body. Like, yeah, like my yeah. head, right? But then eventually, exactly. you're like, oh, like the triangle. He wants to pull me down. Once you learn these like basic mechanics, you're like, if he wants to pull me down, I don't want to be pulled down. I'm going to posture up. Oh, I can breathe yeah. again, right? Yeah. Man, it's so necessary to be in these bad positions to get tapped out all like, you know, every single night. It's so necessary because you need to remember the, you know, what led up to that. And then that, that speeds up your learning a little bit. Oh, yeah. Right? So... Avoiding that is, uh, you know, like not going to class and avoiding avoiding that. For me, that's probably been the biggest uh, hurdle, right? It's like, ah, I don't want to get tapped out tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. But like if you come in there with a purpose of, you know, like, you know, t- today I'm going to, you know, come in and I'm going to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. You put a purpose with um, with the reason, like you put a pur- reason with, uh, you know, like the re- a reason you're going to class. You're like, okay. Uh, tonight, like, you know, I'm going to come in here. Like I have no expectations. I'm going to, I'm just going to mm-hmm. focus, uh, focus really, really hard. I'll leave everything at the door. And then like, you learn something, you, you know, you learn something, right. Even if that something is, oh, I get triangled very easily. You learn yeah. something. Right. And then, you know, that's good. That means you're evolving, you're progressing. And yeah, it's just about, it's about, you know, like reframing the, you know, the bad, the, the negative thoughts that we have, you know, like, because we all, we always associate, oh, I lost, I lost this match. Therefore, you know, I feel bad. Therefore feeling bad, you know, means that it's, this is like, like negative. This is not good for me. Right. When it's the complete opposite, it's like, oh, okay, great. Like I, you know, I got triangle. How did that happen? Type of thing. It's a switch in mindset. And I feel like we can always apply that to life as well and how we see things. Right. Like whenever something shitty happens to us, we can always be like, okay, well, that shitty thing happened. Well, good, uh, good to know that shitty things that, like that, you know, like that happened. So mm-hmm. next time when something shitty like that happens, I'll be more prepared, you know, or I'll know what to do or I won't be as surprised. Right. right? You know, you can handle when something yeah. bad happens, you can handle it. You'll be able to come out the other end with, you know, that, that's a good thing to know about yourself. You, you can yeah. do that. Exactly, exactly. And uh-huh. Oh, going back. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you go, you go ahead. You go ahead. Also going back a last question, I think one of the other moments that like that kind of like helped me um kind of still helped me stay positive is Jacob's match, last one. Like uh like on the screen I saw Jacob 17 and his opponent is 39 years old, Jacob's 145 LBS, and then his opponent is like Jacob's like 138 and his opponent's 145. And that Jacob won 17-0 plus submission, like last two seconds. Jacob, like yeah. uh, like blue belt Jacob? 
Yeah. Uh, yes, I think it's Blue Bell. Yes, Jacob. Ah. Uh-huh. Blue wow. Bell. And then his opponent was 39, and he he was he's 17, and he won 17-0 plus submission. Um, yeah, and I was like, match. and I, I, thought, I was talking to him. How, like, were you kind of surprised when you saw the screen? Like, he's thirty nine. He was like, yes, I was kind of like shocked. As he said, I, I had no idea that my opponent would be thirty nine and like heavier than me. But and he said, all I was after that for, I, for a moment, he was like shocked. But after that, after the moment, was like all I was focusing on was my technique. Mm-hmm. Like, do my doing. All I was focusing on, oh my god, and seventeen zero. Like, I was shocked. Yeah, that was a good match because it showed. Like Jacob went into that match, and he he imposed his game on the other guy, and it worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jacob is a good game, man. <laughs> Jacob is a real good game. What he does, like sometimes he's too shy about it, but ah. when he does what he wants to do, he's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he knows what he's doing, man. Like yeah, uh, Jake, yeah Jacob, Jake was pretty good. Yeah, you can't make that t- kid tired. It's just impossible. He doesn't get tired. Mm-hmm. Because before that, I used to think that I have like if you someone's heavier than me, I can now win. That was just I accepted that as a fact, and I thought that like, the technique is nothing. If someone's heavier than me, I'm done. But Jacob kind of like, it's he's like setting an example. No, that's possible. So like, okay, I learned something new that it's the technique that's more important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's so important. That is so important. Yeah. Okay, boys. Well, it's been a pretty good podcast. I got one more question here. So, what is your advice to new white belts? So they took your advice, they signed up. Now they're, you know, they're starting their jujitsu journey. What's your advice for them? It's a good question. Like uh, an advice to, you know, help them in like long term wise. Yeah, your your advice overall. Like what? Like you're you're still doing jujitsu, so something that you know works. <laughs> it's hard to put it into words, though. Mm-hmm. I guess it would be, you know. Like I wouldn't get hung up on, like the belt or getting those stripes. It'd be more about mm. like, like the knowledge that you like. There's always something new to learn. There's always some new, even if you know, like you know what an armbar is. But there's always like a minor adjustment that you can make that will make mm-hmm. it way better. And it's like like that desire to find like just keep searching for that. You know, like don't you know be like oh I'm gonna get a blue belt and then you're like oh I got the blue belt and I'm done right. I don't yeah. want to come anymore. But instead, like you, you gotta want to do something else. You know, it's not just the belts, but learning the new thing every day, right? Even learning the new thing in the old thing that you already know. That's what I like doing, right? Yeah. Like the belt's cool and it shows you progression, but I I, I like like learning the new stuff. Like, I, and that might be a bad thing too, because eventually, like if you learn enough, you might be like, oh, I'm done. I don't want to learn. There's nothing to learn here anymore. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. But I don't think that will ever happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's good advice. I think I'd say just don't don't skip classes, and <laughs> off, yeah, off the mats, stay confident, head head high, just stay confident. You you say just I feel proud that I'm involved. I think mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel proud that I'm involved. I'm not thinking about. I don't know how. I I mean I if I'm like overthinking, I do think about. Uh, like you know, doing more jujitsu like professionally and whatever. But right now, uh, then I'm just sort of like calm down. Just right now, think about, be proud that you're involved. I think mm-hmm. that can helps me, uh, like get back to mass even if, even when I'm injured. Mm-hmm. Just that 100%. proud feeling, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, boys, I'm glad you uh came on today. This was a really, really good um, conversation and a different perspective from uh, the usual um, episodes. Um, and uh, man, it's um, it's really, really nice to you know see that as in like in every stage, there's like there's struggles. You know, there's something uh, for us to uh, something for us to learn. And yeah, it's just an overall good time. So I guess uh, as the third white belt in this group, I would. Um, advice people i would advise uh people to you know just don't have too much expectations on how good you're gonna be like just open yourself for learning right like yes use your you know use your ego to fuel you up but don't don't let it you know Mm -hmm. dictate the don't let it dictate the things that you do right Mm -hmm. and um 
yeah, you should last longer than the usual statistic. <laughs> Don't be a statistic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay, boys. All right. So that wraps up podcast number nine. If you enjoyed this podcast and inspired you to keep training or start training, make sure you like and share, subscribe so that you don't miss out on more stories of individuals who do jujitsu. All right, boys. We'll see you later. Bye, guys. See ya. All right. Okay, guys. We'll see you on the mats. Peace. All right, take care. See you soon. Peace out.